Hey, Startup Nation, I am so glad you came back to join us for another edition of The Startup Life. You clearly are ready to get the tools you need to get ahead of the competition. Go ahead and give us a five-star rating while you're here. Now, if you're looking for an ad-free experience, go ahead and sign up for our Patreon page, where you will get exclusive content and access to our digital products that we're beginning to launch. The link is there in the show notes. And if you want to ask questions directly to some of our guests, follow the Startup Life Podcast Club on Clubhouse as some of our conversations will start to happen. Happen there. But back to the task at hand. Are you ready to level up? Of course you are. Get ready as the Startup Life Podcast begins now. It's time to be about that life. The Startup Life. Here's your host, Dominic Lawson. All right, Startup Nation. So I hope you're ready to receive some value today. My name is Dominic Lawson and this is the Startup Life, the show for entrepreneurs and career minor professionals. You know, Startup Nation, you know, when you're talking about e-commerce or just trying to get that name out there online, SEO is the name of the game. And we have a fantastic guest here for you on the show. He is the president of Weeman Consulting. He is Steve Weeman. Steve, what's up, man? Hey, Dominic. Thanks for having me on the show, for uh, sure. And, and you're right. SEO is the way to go. And it- any Absolutely. business who looks at their uh, their traffic knows organic is uh, that number one source, right? For sure, for sure, and we're glad to have S- hashtag SEO Steve here on the ones and twos <laughs> here uh, on the startup life, man. Look, man, I, w- I want to ask you this before we kind of hop into it uh, and, and stuff like that. Uh, you know, the past year has been one for the record books, you know, whether it be negatively or positively, depending on how you look at it. Uh, you know, I, I guess I'm just curious, man, both professionally and personally, man, what's a lesson you've taken away from the past year? I think the biggest lesson is is to listen to your your customers. I hear that. And I think that was the, the biggest thing when you're when you're in a mode of panic, your your immediate train of thought goes to protect the company, protect the uh, profits protects you know everything we put together, uh, but if you go the opposite direction you, and you you reach out to your clients and say how can we best support you during this time? What mm. is it you're struggling with, and how can we um, you know, help you get through it? You know whether it was um, you know a shift in pricing, uh, maybe we um, we shifted our our efforts towards something that was a little bit more pandemic specific. Um, I think that was the biggest takeaway for us. I mean that. That moment, you know, when when the pandemic started and employees weren't going to come back in the next day, right? right? And and clients were sending emails were with uncertainties of whether they're going to be able to continue working with you. Um, you have to make a decision. You make a decision of, you know, hey, am I going to, am I going to panic and and you know burn down the bridge in a, a you know an effort to, to try to do too much too fast, or am I going to look around and see what's what's happening and, and try to understand. You know what's going on around me with my employees and with my my clients and with my vendors, um, and what can I do to you know to try to adapt to that? Now with the employees, you know that's that was the first thing I I wanted to make sure is that we you know we had employee retention. Of course, uh, that, you know that we kept everybody on staff as best we could. Um, there were a lot of really scared people. I have one employee who hasn't even left his his house since the pandemic started. Oh you know, wow! Us, us tech nerds are are introverted, and he's right. you know he's the uh, you know the, the top of that chain. So so what I did is I sent out a, a little wellness kit to everybody, and uh, included a little neck massager, some Bose headsets, awesome, uh, a year of calm, you know, and then um and then a little diffuser so they can put on their desk with you know whatever, and then. You know, throughout the the you know the the hardest parts of that pandemic, where we were on lockdowns and don't go out unless it's absolutely essential, um, I just sent little care packages and 
you know, college uh, food kits and stuff. Just uh, I had one one employee who was really struggling, and I sent him a little punching bag for his desk. Same thing for for my my clients. The clients were, you know, one one in particular said, you know, we're going to have to put all of our agency partners on on hold. And I said, no, you're you're not going to put us on hold. We're going to keep working for you at our cost to help you bear the weight, you know, so that you know things don't just come to a full stop. I know you've furloughed, you know, a, a large part of your your staff. We don't want you to go down in flames. We're going to support you. So, you know, we uh, this was a restaurant chain. We have two of them, and the first thing we we realized that we could do is as they were moving toward off premises, takeout, carryout, curbside, car side, etc. Mm-hmm. We said, hey, let's let's create some pages on your website that address delivery and takeout and and patio seating when it became available. Right. And and that that I think that helped keep the kitchen lights on. I think there were Absolutely. moments where they thought, hey, we're going to have to probably permanently shut down this location. Uh, but then the phone started to ring. Hey, I, I just did a search for breakfast delivery near me, or hey, I just did a search for, um, you know, lunch delivery near me, and uh, and then your your page came up, and we decided to order online. Um, so the, those were kind of some of the things that that we did, um, you know, as a as a way to respond to the pandemic. And the best learning from that again is not to not to panic, you know, but to look at what's going on around you and see how you can help others. You'll find that the things that you thought were problems for yourself kind of melt away because you're so focused on helping other people for sure for sure and, and it sounds like in an answer it seems like it was a time to reconnect 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 with employees reconnect with customers you know i, I think you know a, a lot of times when in the hustle and bustle of it all we forget to just kind of stop and just mm-hmm. kind of do that reconnection so i guess when there's a world pandemic kind of forces you uh, to do that. So I, I appreciate you sharing it. Cause I think that's important. That's really important. Cause I know a lot of people have been re- reconnecting with, you know, you, like you said, employees and customers, but also reconnecting with family. I think that's important as well. So I appreciate you sharing it, Steve. Of course. Yeah. It's, it's been an interesting time. That's for sure. And I'm glad we're finally starting to come out of it. You know, Absolutely. We've, we've taken our, our first couple of vacations this year and it's like, okay, we, we have a little bit of normality now, but you know, I know we're still wearing masks and we're still doing, you know, certain things to take precautions, but, um, but hey, it's so much better than what it was a year ago. So I think everybody can at least take a, a, a sigh of relief that it seems to be coming to an end. For sure. For sure. So uh, I appreciate you sharing all of that uh, for sure. Now, let, let's kind of get into the weeds of, of, of what you do, Steve. You know, we were talking about, again, top of the show, you know, website optimization, being strategic and stuff like that. What are some of those big tenants uh, you know, as entrepreneurs or people who are trying to be influencers, what do we need to be uh, uh, be mindful of when we when we start creating that digital footprint online? I guess. Sure. Well, it, it all depends on your business model. Sure. And then that's a, a cliche. For yeah. Folks, SEO folks. <laughs> but it, it makes depends, sense. Right? It makes sense. Um, so so, it, you know, thinking about your business model and that's what I got my degree in was e-business. And we mm-hmm. look at, you know, what do we do? Are we are we looking to drive leads from our website? Are we looking to sell a product online? Are we looking to build um, our membership database? Right? Depending on your e-business model, you're going to take different approaches. For our restaurant franchises, their goal is to get people to come into their restaurants. Right. Well, it's to place an order online and then come pick it up now. Uh, but eventually, it'll be go back into the restaurants. So depending on, on what your business does, you're going, you're going to want to appear in different results. For our restaurant chains, they want to appear in the, um, the maps at the top. Uh, they want to appear in an ad in the map. They want to appear in a regular listing in the map. And then below the map packs, they want their local pages to right. appear. And if they have more than one location in uh, a city, maybe they want a city page to appear in the organic results and then their local page to appear connected to their map listing. For an e-commerce business, you know, you're going to be in the shopping results. You're going to be 
and shopping ads. Um, and then you're going to want your category and product pages to appear in the organic results. So depending, again, depending on what your business model is, um, there's going to be different approaches for just lead generation. Let's say right. you're an attorney or an accountant, or um, maybe you've, you've got a small startup and, and you're brick and mortar and people still come into your location. You know, maybe the first place that you'll start is just making sure you appear when someone searches for what you do in the area that you do it. Maybe you're a plumber in Sherman Oaks, for example. Right. And, um, you know, the, the first thing you'll do, of course, is just do a search plumber in Sherman Oaks. You'll see what's, um, you know, what comes up in the listings. You'll look at competing pages. You'll start to, you know, take some notes about what those pages are doing that maybe you're not doing on your website. And then you'll create a strategy. And that strategy for at least for a local business really has four components. Number one is making sure that the search engines know that our business data is accurate and consistent everywhere. You might use a platform like Bright Local or Moz Local to have them manage your business data so that the search engines know that that data is legit and it's real. It's not a you know made-up address for right. someone trying to game search results. Number two is going to be the content on the page. Mm. You know, if you're going to Google My Business and submitting your information, all that information you're submitting should be on your web page. We recently did a study of over 300 local landing pages, and we found that the, the attributes that really stood out the most were ones that, that tell the user a little bit more about the business, what it looks like on the inside and the outside, right. what's nearby, what do people like, what are some of the, the more recent ratings and reviews that we were able to get for ourselves through native reviews. Uh, number three is going to be uh, looking at how your business data is prominent off of your website. And in a similar way that Google uses their their linking page rank algorithm, other websites linking to yours as a ranking signal, um, it's very similar to that. They use business citations or listings. Are you in your local chamber of commerce? Are you in the BBB directory? Are you in all of those different industry directors? If you're an attorney, maybe you're going to be in um, lawyers.com, fine mm. law, justia, avo. Right. If you're a dentist, maybe you're going to be in the dentist directories. And then, of course, all of your local city directories. So the more Google finds and Bing finds that information off your website, the more popular they think that your business is and more relevant you become based on the content that you're being listed on. And the last one is really reputation. Nobody's going to click on your listing in Google if you've got a one star review right. or if you've got four <laughs> reviews and the competing pages are in the in the hundreds. You know, it's just not going to happen. So if you're if you're setting some KPIs as a local business with your marketing team, you're going to tell your web designer and your webmasters, hey, guys, here's some technical things that we need to work on for our on page every month. And let's set some goals. And every month, let's measure how close we're getting to hitting those goals. You'll go to your webmaster, to your writing team, and you'll say, hey, writing team, um, here are all the pages that our competitors have around all the services that they offer. We have one page called services. Let's create some content. Right? Right. And you'll sit down, you'll map out what that looks like, how it's organized, what words to use in the URL and the title that shows up in Google in the um, headings and subheadings and so forth. Um, and then you'll, you'll go to the off page team and say, hey, how are we doing with visibility? Let's set some goals. And by the end of the year, if we're if we've got 20 business listings right now and our competitors have, you know, two or three hundred, let's set a goal to have, I don't know, 150 by the end of this year. And you know, more the following year, a few minutes a day, like you mentioned earlier, chipping away is all that's really required. Looking at those four areas over time can really help a local business get more visibility. And it's completely different on on more of the uh, e-commerce side, because you're not trying to get people to to find your location in right. Google Maps. Trying to convert. You're trying to get them to purchase. Yeah. Right. So 
So we work with a brand um, that sells luxury uh, watches, a consignment site for Rolexes. We started with them in 2010. It was just a safe of watches. And my friend Paul's like, hey, I, you know, I run this cash for gold business and I've got all these Rolexes sitting in a safe. Let's let's build a website and try to sell these things online. And um, 11 years later, they're a $77 million business, one of the Ooh. largest and most prominent uh, Rolex consignment sites online. Uh, but it took it took the right kind of planning. Now, this one isn't around business data, local landing page, right. uh, citations and reviews. Now we're trying to make sure that we have three areas that we're focused on. Do we have a page that that answers the query that somebody made in the search results? I always get asked, hey, how come I'm not ranking for a keyword? And my question back to them is always, well, what page are you trying to rank? And the business owner or the webmaster at that moment has that that uh, you know epiphany go off, oh my God, I need a page to address that search term. Because your homepage is really what shows up if somebody types in your company name or your right. brand name. If they type in what you do without using your company or brand name, then you should have a page that best satisfies that query. Mm. And your competitors sure do, right? So you could do a search for that search, uh, for that service or that product and see, you know, what competing pages come up to get a little bit of an idea of what to do. So that's number one is making sure that you've got a page that best satisfies that query. We'll call it, you know, our, our relevancy signal. Number two is, is going to be what we mentioned earlier about Google using links and mentions of, of a brand um, to, you know, sort of a, a, a qualifying scoring criteria that Larry Page created this page rank algorithm, you know, way before Google even existed. Mm-hmm. Right? And then eventually, you know, Google became the uh, the search engine that used off-page signals to rank pages. Now, where, where I think there's a, a challenge with this one um, is that uh, it's really about the quality of, of the page that's linking to you. Meaning if if you're saying, hey, I'm going to go out and get some links so I can rank better in search results, and you go to your cousins and your nephews and your friends, and you're like, hey, link to my website. Google's going to see those pages and go, what does this page have to do at mm. all with this other page? And you know what? All these pages don't seem to have any links of their own. They're just kind of you know random pages that are on the internet that aren't really providing value. So when you look at a, a link opportunity, you have to ask three things. One, um, is this link likely to attract attract links of its own over time? Is this link likely to send quality referral traffic to my page? And then three, maybe it doesn't meet those other criteria, but it's going to be seen by tens of thousands of people. Perhaps you're, you're in Yahoo News or something. I, I would happily take a link in Yahoo News on a page that's less relevant about me to get that kind of brand of exposure, course. right? So, so those are kind of the three criteria that I look at when you look at a, you know, putting together a link strategy. Number three in that, that organic um, you know, uh, SEO strategy. Uh, one was relevancy. Two is um, off-page visibility. Three is going to be the actual search appearance. What does your listing look like in the search results? Because if it's boring and it just says keyword company name, maybe it's not going to be very compelling and no one's going to click on it. Right. So you, your, your goal is to get people to click on your listing and stay on your web page. To do that, you know, Google's offered all sorts of cool, rich information that you can provide. They have a, they use this thing called structured data. Um, you can go to schema.org and find all sorts of different ways that you can mark up your information so that when users do see your listing in the search results, they see perhaps some star snippets below your listing. Maybe they see some frequently asked questions. If they're on mobile, maybe they see a really um, high-definition thumbnail of an image or a video that you have on the page. Right. So if you get your listing to stand out, you'll get the clicks. And as long as your page satisfies what the user is looking for, regardless of, of accessibility issues, their 
um, their internet connection, their browser, the device they happen to be on. As long as you've thought about all the different ways that someone's going to use that page and provided the best page, you should just over time continue to grow and grow and grow in results. So there's two different two different areas of search, right? One is local with those four attributes I mentioned before, and one is organic, you know, where we're paying attention to our our specific page that we've optimized for the keyword we want to rank for. Um, we're getting links to that page from other uh, quality web pages off off the website. And three, we're continuously trying to optimize our appearance in the search results to affect user behavior signals. By doing those three things, um, content will get you to page two, you know, over three to four months, and the links will get you to page one at the bottom within, you know, six to 12 months usually. And then after about a year, it's really just the search appearance and whether your page is solving, you know, the the end user's desire the most, that's going to help you to own that number one spot that you want in Google. For sure. Boy, I've been really just talking and talking and talking. I'm sorry, Dominic. Oh, no, no, <laughs> no, no, you're totally, you're totally <laughs> fine, man. Look, man, we bring on the experts to the startup life to be experts. So don't know. That's totally uh, fine. <laughs> startup Nation, that was a lot to unpack. So for my Patreon members, you know, make sure you download the episode worksheet. There's a lot of key takeaways there to make you, you know, just, you know write down some of that stuff that uh, Steve just talked about it and juxtapose that to uh, and thinking about your business and stuff like that. So, no, I appreciate that. I do have a follow up, though, uh, because sure. one of the things you talked about is that a lot of customers now like that behind the scenes uh, type of stuff. Is that a new thing? You know, wh- why is that so important? Because, you know, a lot of times people are kind of afraid to, you know, reveal the wizard, if you will. You know, why is that important these days? You know, Google's got, what, over 200 different ranking signals that they right. They pay attention to, and um, it's a little bit sad that that agencies and freelancers aren't more transparent. They feel like that's their secret sauce. But you know, all the information is available online. Um, a lot of it you can find through the the Google Webmaster Help channel on YouTube. A lot of it's at web.dev. Google has just libraries of tips and information. There's even a an SEO starter guide that mm. they update frequently that gives you. Uh, a lot of clues and hints on how to provide a better experience to um, to potential visitors. Right. So I don't I don't think there's a lot of of secret information. I think I think Google could organize it a little bit better for webmasters as opposed to just putting a bunch of libraries and videos together. I think they really could create more of a roadmap for businesses. And I think that's what businesses pay for with agencies is to get that roadmap, which is really just an organized way to take all the free information that Google already provides. Um, and create, you know, an action plan and maybe a project management system and specific tasks that are based on those suggestions, you know, that are free and live. So um, in terms of, of uh, back end code and, and things like that, um, you know, it's a lot of it's just just testing and seeing what works. Google wants to provide a great experience. Right. So if if um, if they're giving us ways that we can make our search results look more helpful and provide more helpful information, Maybe they want to see pricing and inventory without having to click the page. Mm. And maybe they want to see a lot of information that they shouldn't have to click through to see. So Google offers those up so that we can provide a better search experience. And those webmasters that want to use it, um, it's great. They'll, they'll Hopefully more people will click on their listing. They'll get more traffic and they'll sell more products. Those that don't are probably still going to show up somewhere in the search results. They just won't receive as much traffic or get clicked on as much because right. they're not taking advantage of all those new um, you know, features that they keep coming out with. For sure. For sure. So I, I want to ask you this because, you know, I, I know a lot of uh, brands, whether it be influencers or even companies, you know, big, 
big box companies or whatever the case may be, sure. physical companies or whatever the case may be, they're starting to use the power of podcasting, you know, when it comes to being that outreach. You know, I know a lot of at first it was kind of like blogs and stuff like that, but now they're kind of switching yeah. to podcasting and stuff like that. How does SEO sure. work into that regard? You have any commentary there? Yeah, well, there's there's two ways. Well, I guess three, I suppose. The, sure. The first first way of, of using podcasts uh, from an SEO standpoint is is more visibility of your brand and some of the words that you want to appear for. Right. Like when we talk about SEO and you've got the, um, you know, the snippet or description and you mentioned my name and context to SEO, my, my name is an entity in Google's database. The more my entity is mentioned in correlation mm. with those keywords, the more relevant I become right. to those keywords. That's number one. Uh, number two is, of course, links, right? We right. sometimes, sometimes, um, depending on how that podcast is used, sometimes it's syndicated, and those folks that will curate um, or or take a syndication feed uh, will put in their own context because they want their page to rank. And when they do that, sometimes they'll link back to the podcast producer and maybe even the guest's website. So we get some great links out of it as well. And, and I think the third thing is really just more about brand awareness and brand visibility and and it's it's a great affordable way to do um a, a little bit of of really upper funnel marketing build mm-hmm. trust build authority get your name out there um i know it's on the the kim commando show a few months back and i got a phone call two days later after it went, went live hey i heard your show and I'd, I'd love to talk to you guys about doing a, a strategy for us I'm like wow that was amazing it was the first time actually i'd i'd you know threw some, some free information and content out there and Somebody came back and said, "Can I hire you?" You know, because I don't, right. I don't sell myself. I just talk about search. Gotcha. So I think, I think that's the the third, you know, piece of the puzzle as it affects SEO is that you know you you get some really good brand exposure that that could pay off as as, as people look for that episode again later. What was that episode? That podcast that someone was talking about multi location search and delivery pages. They do a query, they see it, they see the transcript on a page that has the podcast and they go, yes, this guy, right? Right. So, um, so I think, I think there's, there's definitely that, that threefold, uh, advantage to, you know, podcast as, as an angle. And, and in many cases, it's affordable too. It's just a great way to, you know, to connect to people and, um, you know, share as much as you know about your industry. For sure. For sure. You know, it, it just seems like one of those great, you know, tools, kind of like you said, kind of like a, a free tool, if you will, to kind of offer, you know, uh, uh, value in that regard. A lot of people are kind of utilizing, like I said, I'm starting to see a lot of, a lot of like, you know, uh, you know, corporations and stuff like that mm-hmm. big, you know, uh, use, uh, podcasting, uh, yeah. as a form of, of marketing. And I know that, uh, you know, we're getting to the point where like Google is now like picking up on certain keywords within the episode, uh, sure. of podcast, which is just bananas, uh, to me, which kind of brings me to another question. Sure. You know, uh, kind of marketing on a quantum level, uh, because we recently had the CMO of MasterCard on Raja Raja Manar, and he has a right. book yeah. where he talks about that. Uh, you know, I, I guess I'm curious from an SEO standpoint, because he, he talked about uh, sonic branding, whereas like music is being used and, and and stuff like that. And also how we are searching for things, not necessarily, you know, typing, but we're asking Alexa and we're asking Siri uh, in that regard. I, I guess I'm curious, you know, uh, do you see any cross melding? I don't know if that's even a word, uh, any cross melding with like, you know, SEO and, and Alexa and stuff like that. I guess I'm curious right. the future of marketing and, 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 you know, and, you know, and your opinion on that, if that makes any sense. Of course. I, I, well, I think there's top of funnel and, and bottle of funnel. And, gotcha. and I think every business at the end of the day, every business wants people to find them for their products and services that they offer. That's number one. Mm-hmm. But 
but it's no longer about just creating a page and saying, all right, rank me number one. And right. Just, you know, pray or make a wish or whatever. And it just doesn't work that way anymore. Um, you've got to, you've got to build as much content off the website as you, as you possibly can to become relevant, you know, to that topic, that category, to the array of keywords that encompass what you want to appear for. And that's where upper funnel comes in and, and why voice search and, um, right. featured snippets that appear in position zero become so important because people will search for those how to, where to, what to strategies, ideas, right. and tips. And if you're coming up constantly and prominently, um, then they're going to remember you. They're going to say, yeah, every time I, I search for anything around cleaning, I, I get some cool tips from Tide. Right. And you go to the store exactly. and you, you see Tide and you're like, oh. So, and, and so it, it kind of all plays together. And, and I think with, with the way that voice is evolving, um, you know, there's, there's three things that we keep telling our, our clients that they have to pay attention to with voice search. Uh, one is making sure that their website itself offers uh, a voice search uh, API. So if somebody is on their mobile device, they don't have to use their keyboard to punch in what they're looking for. Mm. They could just click the little, you know, microphone icon and and talk in what it is they want to search for on the website. Number two is is really trying to get that featured answer. Uh, the the position zero in search results comes from a number of different optimization techniques that start with just having a short summary of of the page, you know, that that has the content that solves for that question. Um, you can use tools like Answer the Public. Um, you can just use Google-related uh, tools or even the what people also ask in the search results for ideas. Put all those into a content calendar. Start pushing them out with that short 375-character or less summary or very short list at the top. Um, and then you know sharing that everywhere you can so that whether it's just in your social profiles or with other websites that talk about those same topics, you can reach out and say, you know, hey, we wrote up a page about this. And if you'd like, right. you can use our short summary here and, and reference us, um, you know, and, and so there's a lot of ways that you could use a little bit of outreach to to help get that short answer. And when you do and you start asking Google, uh, Google Assistant, all sorts of questions, it's going to say, well, according to Dominic, right? <laughs> and, <laughs> and right away, your your brand is like it's there and it's omnipresent. Right. And on, on web search, you'll be the number one result. The third thing that we're trying to get businesses to do is pay attention to and start start dabbling in the Google Action Console and with Alexa skills, mm. getting at least getting our customer service information in there, sort of like a bot. So as people start to learn to not just in, use the regular invocations for Google Assistant, but to use words like talk to, like when you ask Google, talk to Tide, talk to Volkswagen, talk to Applebee's, you you get you get right into the the content that was developed by the business, by the brand, and you can have a, an interactive conversation and even do e-commerce and book reservations and appointments through that voice assistant. So as consumers become more educated in how they can interact with their voice assistants, of which I think 180 a minute are being shipped across the world as we speak, um, you know, as we start to learn how to interact with businesses through voice, um, businesses will be ready for it. They'll have experimented and tested and 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 played with the different ways that, and different features that they can use within Alexa skills and within the Google Action Console. So yeah, I do think it's it's coming Amazon has already made it clear that they believe in five to 10 years that we're going to start untethering ourselves from our phones mm -hmm. and we're going to be in more of a, a voice assisted uh, biometric environment. Um, maybe even laugh at ourselves you know, walking around holding phones at some point. <laughs> but um, but until that happens, uh, you know, the segue to get there is is to, to delegate to somebody on the team to spend a few minutes a week looking at those those three different areas. Do we offer voice search on our website and provide a good experience? Do right. we 
Um, you know, do we have a program in play to make sure that when someone searches for anything, how to, where to, what to, et cetera, that we've got a page of content that solves for it with a short answer at the top so that we get that featured answer? And do we have somebody who's getting in there and playing with the action console and skills? I think that's the the takeaway. If if I were to say what's happening with the future of search and how is the Internet of Things going to be affected by it? Um, sure. My cousin, by the way, he has he has a computer on his fridge. We were at his house in exactly. Florida two years yeah. ago. I'm like, like you, you're actually using the internet on your refrigerator. That's amazing, right? You know, so the internet's not just our phone and our laptop and our computer anymore. It's everywhere. Oh, I, I, absolutely. I mean, you know, you, you talk about the the internet of things. You talk about uh, the refrigerator. You, you talk mm-hmm. about uh, uh, you know getting into uh, nanotechnology and healthcare. Like even I. Uh, so I was in the <laughs> army, and um, same got, here. I was I was uh, army infantry. I love mechanized in Fort Hood. Oh, nice. Uh, 88 Mike <laughs> truck right driver. Yeah. Hey, man, thanks for serving. <laughs> oh, same to you, sir. Same to you, sir. Yeah. Tip of the hat uh, to you as well. <laughs> uh, but I, I had a, a viral infection. Now I have like an ICD pacemaker situation. And like, I, I don't even go to the doctor to get it checked. It, like I have this device. I hook it up to the Wi-Fi here and just send the uh-huh. data to the, you know, to the uh, to the office there. So you talk yep. about the IoT Internet of Things. It's just it's just amazing, amazing. Man. My daughter had the same thing with a BPAP machine she was gotcha. like a few years ago, and it goes right to the internet, and the doctor can see at any given moment what's going on. So, yeah, technology is, is incredible. Who knows where we're going to be in 10 years, right? For sure, for sure. All right, Startup Nation, so we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. we got to pay some bills. Once again, my name is Dominic Lawson, and you're listening to The Startup Life. Hey, Startup Nation, imagine a job where you can work wherever you want, on whatever you want, from wherever you want. Hello to white sand beaches of Thailand or the comfort of your own couch. Oh, and most importantly, you're your own boss. Now, what if I told you that the dream job could become your reality? This is the life of a freelancer. And with some hard work and with the help of Hectic, it can be your life, too. Hectic is an all-in-one business management software built specifically for freelancers, who are just getting started or looking to take their freelance business to the next level. Hectic is everything a freelancer needs to get started, from an easy-to-use contracts and proposal builder to client management and project tracking to expenses and invoicing that features click-to-play technology that makes it quick and easy for freelancers to get paid. And we all want to get paid, Startup Nation. Built specifically for freelancers, Hectic is everything you need to get started. Visit gethecticapp.com forward slash the startup life now to learn more and start for free. Yep, adding your first client on the platform will always be free. And if you sign up through gethecticapp.com forward slash the startup life, you'll be supporting me and this podcast because who couldn't use a little support these days, Startup Nation? Visit gethecticapp.com forward slash the startup life to find everything you need to start or grow your freelancing business today and put those in-demand skills to good use in the way you've always dreamed of. The link is there in the show notes. All right, Startup Nation, welcome back as we continue our conversation with today's guest here on The Startup Life. 
So, you know, once again, Startup Nation, we're talking to Steve Wheatman, the uh, president of the Wheatman Consulting Group. And if you want to check out everything he has going on, make sure you go to Wheatman.com. We have that a link there in the show notes for easy access if you listen to the replay on a podcast. And also on that website, you will see the Digital Marketing Podcast, where he talks about all types of different things when it comes to marketing, SEO, and, and the like. Uh, your latest uh, 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 episodes about outreach, email, copyright. I'm, I'm curious about that because I know copywriting, uh, you know, I know if you're familiar with uh, Dan Locke, who, who's who's yes. big on. Oh, he's amazing. I right. love his content. Yeah, he's dope. He's, he, he's so dope. But he, he also talks <laughs> about copyright, man. Kind of talk about copywriting and why that's important. That's where he got started, I think, too, wasn't it? Copywriting. I believe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. But, you know, if you would just kind of give some commentary on copyright, because I think that's important. A lot of people try to skip over that part, but that part is key. Sure. Well, I think one of the challenges people people do a lot of, of freestyle writing. They That's just true. say, okay, well, I need a page. I'm gonna either take the shortcut and order some, you know, article from a text broker somewhere, mm-hmm. um, or I'm just gonna sit down and just start writing. And I, I think I think there's a, a massive gap in the amount of research required right. to make that page perform well, to have good narrative, you know, to solve problems, to to link to a authoritative uh, reference sites mm. when we're doing an SEO right. write-up, for example, we always try to reference at least three or four college uh, pages on an EDU somewhere and reference maybe two or three pages on a government website right. as references so that they trust the page. Um, you know, I think Google's calling them eat signals now, right? Expertise, authority, trust. Mm-hmm. So uh, we also do research to see what the competing pages have, um, you know, that we might want to look at. We look at creating really unique, compelling, high-definition media um, you know, when we were working with the uh, attorney out in L.A., we actually rented out the old museum courthouse in Fullerton. And we went down and we took a lot of uh, custom pictures with some of the, the film students from Fullerton just because, you know, we thought, hey, let's let's kick down some some kids some experience and give them a little bit of money to help us out. Create really good, unique content. that's not stock images that are already in search engine databases. Let's create our own. Um, let's create a video for each page that, you know, that helps with authenticity and here's who we are as a brand and how we help you and why you come to us and some testimonials. I think, I think when you're, when you're writing a page, depending on whether, of course, it's upper or lower funnel, doing the research to figure out what search terms to use and where, um, and, and using, um, as much unique, compelling, helpful content. If you're doing a sales page, it's, it's invoking sales principles, trust, right. reciprocity, urgency. If you're doing a, informational page like the how to or to why are we using derivative semantics and and supportive um faq on the on the page to provide more help beyond just that one answer and are we using experts feedback are we interviewing experts in the industry so that we have that you know eat signal going and 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 that potentially might ego bait the person who participated to share that content and help it get a little bit more exposure so i think i think the big challenge there with with copywriting is is that um, it, a lot of cases it's rushed and it just does That's not true. provide the results you want. And all we're really doing is, is we're decreasing our overall website quality score over time because Google's going to say, Hey, you've got a you know, thousand pages on your website, 900 of which don't really get any traffic, aren't really mentioned or linked to or searched again for, um, that aren't really helpful to customers. And you've only got about a hundred that are really helpful. So at a site level, you know, I think your site's not very helpful. So I think if we do the opposite direction, we say, I want to make sure every page is helpful. Every page provides the information, you know, that that maximizes uh, the visibility and search results while providing the best experience for users compared to similar pages that are on the Internet. 
go for that quality score. Strip out any of that old content that just is not being helpful or create an action plan to update it so that it is the best uh, version of that page that's on the internet. Gotcha. So if you're not going to be the best page, just don't even put it up. Absolutely. There it is. There it is. Do me a favor. <laughs> kind of break down that website quality score. I think there, there's there's some some value there. Can you share share that a little bit with me if you don't mind, Steve? Sure, of course. Yeah. Well, we, we'd mentioned, you know, the... Uh, the semantic web and how how Google uses links as a uh, a ranking factor, right? right? If all of our links are going to our homepage, it might indicate that maybe the other pages on the website aren't very helpful. Mm. And if we look at those pages and it's just a paragraph, they're kind of thin. You know, we've shoved a couple keywords in the title and a heading and slapped a, a stock photo on there, or maybe we just curated somebody else's YouTube video. Um, and and we just created a page that wasn't as helpful as what users already found in the search results. Mm-hmm. They're they're not going to stay on that page very long. And over time, you know, Google's going to monitor you know what people are clicking on in their results and whether they stay or not. So if you've got a hundred pages and Google decides to show them all um, in in the top search results, maybe one out of every thousand searches they throw your page in there. And the people who do hit that page go, you know, this isn't really that helpful or that different or that better than what I've already clicked on in the top three results. Um, then eventually Google's just going to stop showing it. Or if mm. they do show it, it'll be on like page six. Right? That's like beyond the graveyard. So, right. <laughs> so I think it's important, you know, as, as you as you take a take an export of every page on your, your website, uh, every URL on your website, put it into a Google sheet and go through one by one on each page and really ask yourself, is my page the best, best version of this page that's available on the internet? Mm. And if it's not, let's get some people in house that are really good writers that are really creative, that, that will do research. They'll spend at least half a day to a day just doing research. Even, even if, if they're just doing surveys and polls and, um, and, and outreach type feedback or, or interviews, that's okay. Um, reading, reading up on, on the topic itself and looking at, uh, authoritative references and colleges and and um, and government sites can give even more trust and credibility to the paper. But right. when I when I did one on Yelp reviews, right, I think I have a page that shows up number two if you do a search for how important are Yelp reviews. Um, in fact, I think that's it shows up number one for another word too. I can't remember what it was. But, gotcha. Um, when you get to that page, it's it's all charts and graphs that I created after doing an Amazon Mechanical Turk study, and I said Amazon Mechanical Turk. I said uh, if Yelp users only, please tell me why you use Yelp. And then I ask a series of questions and then some demographic information. And then I posted that on the page, you know, to show, you know, percentage of women versus men that use Yelp, um, why they use it. Is it because they want to find information? Do they want to leave and look at reviews um, or something else? And as you know, it's always reviews. And the page was just an argument to, to Yelp when they kept telling us that people don't use Yelp for the reviews they use to find information. And I'm like, no, you're wrong. They use it for the reviews. How many people would still use Yelp if it didn't have reviews? Right. That was part of the survey. So you, you, if, if you have the right creative person who can do some really good research, obviously better to take authoritative sources than Mechanical Turk surveys. Right. But even that is better than just saying paragraph, paragraph, subheading, short lists, conclusion. You know, that's just so bland, so not helpful. People just don't consume content like that. It's not 2007 anymore, right? Right. You, you've got to come up with some rich information and and uh, graphics and things that are really, truly helpful. I would say referenceable, right, that they'd want to share it. They'd want to copy the image and use it in their slideshow and give you credit. They'd want to copy the, um, you know, the the list that you created and put it on, uh, on their um, social profile or list. You know, if, if it's not... It's not shareable enough that someone would want to share it. 
then the page has a lot of opportunity to improve. For sure. For sure. You know, one of the things I'm hearing startup nation, when it comes to uh, your website and stuff like that, with all your pages is be intentional, be very intentional. Don't just like, just have filler uh, and, and stuff yeah. like that. That, that. That's super important because I mean, it, like you said, it, it's one thing to just have that landing page and have great content, but like if all the other stuff is just there, it's not serving a purpose. It's it's a lot like real estate. You know, you go back to that movie, um, the founder about McDonald's, you know, That's and right. talking about like how, you know, every every inch, you know, of your space should be, you know, producing money. So every every mm-hmm. inch of your website should be yielding some type of results, whether it be lead optimization or conversion or whatever the case may be. So that's right. some great stuff, Steve. I appreciate that. Does that make, does that make sense? I want to make sure I'm, I'm understanding you uh, correctly. <laughs> I think I think that the overriding message here is that if if we're not going to be the best at what we can do, we shouldn't do it because it not doing it is, is a reflection. Um, you know, when as a as a student, as I mentioned earlier, I'm I'm teaching so many classes right now. I'm teaching uh, a class at UC San Diego and and two at Cal State Fullerton and six now at right. Fullerton College. And one of the things I notice now, uh, you know, two years into this, almost three now. Is that um, is that I can tell really quickly whether a student took the time and really learned the material, mm-hmm. or whether they're just BSing their way through to, to oh, create yeah. a paper to get a grade. And and I think consumers are the same way. When they visit a page, they can tell. You just right. threw up a page to have a page, or you threw up a page to really try to help them and provide what Google calls a delightful experience. Like like oh my god, this page had like like this in-depth image and I could move it around and, and, and zoom in on it and had all these different details and sizes and, and a comparison chart and had all this really helpful information on it. Right. Um, you know, I, I think they really took the time to make sure that they knew that I, uh, I knew that they were good at what they do, uh, that they offer the best pricing. I feel safe wanting to, to purchase something. I feel confident that if I'm not happy, I'll get a refund. I know that there's a phone number I can call you know, and, and a chat person that I could use, I'm not going to go into some limbo and never get refunded if I'm not happy. Right. Um, so consumers know, consumers know in the same way that a, a college professor knows when a, a student's just trying to take the lazy route to, to make money. Right. For sure. For sure. No, I definitely understand that. Were you about to say something else? That was it. Okay, I gotcha. I, I, I was trying to be your A man corner, but I wasn't make sure I wasn't like you know cutting you, can be you my off. Anytime, <laughs> for sure, for sure. Once again, Startup Nation, we're talking to Steve Weeman, who is a Google partner and has worked with brands like Skechers, IHOP, Blaze Pizza, Applebee's, and Disney. Once again, go to Weeman.com. We have that link there in the show notes for easy access. If you're listening to the replay on the podcast, you know it's funny. You, you know you worked with Disney a little bit and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I recently had a uh, Harma Hartuni on. He's a uh, he's a uh, uh, real estate guru in Southern California. Uh, okay. But but his husband, his partner, uh, is the president of marketing at Disney. And so I yes. had to ask him, Hey man, do you get to see all the like the MCU stuff before or the Disney movies before? <laughs> And he said, yes, but he hates it. Right. And it's because, you know, it's never completed by the time he's right. looking at it. It's, it's not finished and stuff like that. He's yeah. like, oh, man, lots just, of green screen. Ex- yep. That's what he said. That's literally what he said. So when I saw <laughs> that you worked with that, I had to bring that story in there. Cause I thought it was that it was funny. Cause that's so funny. You know, when I was working with them, uh, we had two sites I was in charge of yeah. uh, Disneyland, uh, commerce and marketing. And then I had adventures by Disney Okay. and adventures by Disney was all flash, right? Mm. The whole site was just one little swift file. You couldn't find anything. And I had to, 
I had to convince my boss because I was the SEM account manager, not right. the SEO, right? I said, I had to convince my boss, we need to take this and, and put some words on it so Google can crawl and index pages on the site. He's like, well, I'm not confident that you know enough about SEO to do it. Ah. And I said, well, how do I, how do I earn your confidence? And he says, well, show me that you can rank for something. I'm like, well, I'm ranking for, at the time, Orange County SEO expert. And he's like, nobody searches for that. So it, show me that you can show up for SEO expert. And we'll talk about you doing some SEO for Adventures by Disney. Gotcha. And so I, I created a page. I um, uh, you know, published it. I put a video on it. I did all this cool stuff for it. Um, and then within about three months, I was on the you know the first page of Google for SEO expert. And he's like, he's like, yeah, but you're not number one. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so I finally got to that top position. Right. We were able to, to turn the site into a hybrid, a flash at the top and context at the bottom. And I held that position for the keyword SEO expert for over 12 years until mm -hmm. I realized it was that position that was causing me to not be able to get speaking gigs at conferences. It was causing my peers to, um, to not like me and not want to have anything to do with me. They thought it was bragging that I was number one for that. And so oh, wow. when I got rid of that page, um, it changed my whole career. Like I know I'm not, I'm not making the same amount in terms of leads and so forth that I was when I ranked for that keyword, right. uh, for that keyword. But the friends and the community and and the people that I get to uh, to talk to and and work with and ask advice from is is so much better than of just course. being number one for a keyword. But I don't know. So that's just a little fun story with with Disney and kind of how I evolved to you know kind of being where I am today. No, I, I appreciate that. But but it, but it speaks to something we were talking about earlier, kind of like. Uh, that connection, you know, if you will, you, we talked about reconnection earlier, but that connection, mm -hmm. like, you know, the organic connection with, you know, people and stuff like that. So I get it. I yeah. definitely uh, get it. So I, I got to ask you, man, as we kind of wrap up our conversation, I appreciate sure. your time uh, and stuff like that, man. I see, you know, if you want to go and, and check out, you know, uh, Startup Nation, Steve, personally, go to his LinkedIn page. We have that uh, that uh, link in the show notes and in it, you'll see speaker and you also see nerd. So I got to ask you a question, man. Sure. Best Saturday morning cartoon growing up is what? Oh, I don't know. Probably He-Man. He-Man? Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. No, that one or, or, or Voltron. Ah. Voltron. Yeah, I think it was Voltron. Gotcha. For sure. Gotcha. He-Man's the number two. Absolutely. That's number two. Had to get that question in there. <laughs> had to get that question in there for sure, man. And it is also a way to remind everybody just how, how old I am. Voltron? <laughs> Who the what? What is this? What is he speaking? What language is this? And, right. You know, <laughs> right, Voltron was cool though. I, I liked Voltron. Yep. Definitely, lo definitely loved He Man. I, me and uh -huh. my uh, my mom, we used to go to this um this uh this thrift store uh okay. here in, in Memphis, Tennessee, or whatever. Uh, that's where yeah. we are. That's where I was born and raised, stuff like that. And so right uh, th there was when well, we used to go to this thrift store, and this He Man sword was like there. Right, it's like, oh man, I need some money to buy that thing. Right, <laughs> and she's like, well, do this, do that, you know, chores and stuff like that. Do this, do that, and uh, like, all right, cool. So I. Bust my tail, got enough money. I mean, obviously, it was only like I think like in retrospect, like five bucks. But to, you know, sure. you're to a three year old, it's everything, right? Yeah, uh, but uh, bust my tail, this any other, and then get the money, get there. Somebody already bought it. It's like, man, oh, come on, <laughs> that sucks. I have to go through all that, right? And it's gone, right? So yeah, you know, they still had. They still had my little pony though, so <laughs> we have a bucket of those in the garage with my kids. So I got I got two girls, so gotcha. I don't know why they're saving them. Oh, it'll be worth something someday. No, just, just give them to somebody. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. You know, got a few <laughs> rainbow dashes in there, I guess, huh? So definitely, 
For sure. For sure. Uh, but look, man, like I said, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for coming on the show, providing great value. Again, Startup Nation for my Patreon members. Make sure you download that episode worksheet. There's a lot of content uh, to unpack. So jot down some notes and make sure you you know uh, use those notes and and uh, move forward within your business and put the, put some of this stuff to use, man. There's some great content we got uh, from Steve. Again, that's for my Patreon members. Make sure you download that uh, that episode worksheet. And if you're not a Patreon member, go ahead and click that link in the show notes for easy access, man. So look, man, uh, if you would, I'm going to pass the microphone over to you. If you just leave us some words of encouragement to take us out for today, man, I would appreciate it. Absolutely. I, I think I think the first thing anyone wants to do as you're as you're an entrepreneur and thinking about showing up more in search results, you know, is talk talk to somebody who's seasoned, who's been in there for a while. Um, send me a note, even on LinkedIn or somewhere, and say, this is a page I'm trying to rank, and I can't figure out why it's not ranking. Um, myself and other other SEOs will help you for free uh, right away because they love what they do if they're passionate about it. So send me that URL. I'm here for you. I have a, a free masterclass as well. We have a, a little site we put together called Academy of Search. You can take this free masterclass, about three and a half hours long, a little certificate, and it'll walk you through everything, the, the history of search and technical SEO things to give to your webmaster, content that you need to put on your website, and links that you can get to you know, improve your visibility and your rankings. So start with a masterclass. Talk to someone you know who's who's got some experience in search if you need help, and you know we're here for you. I hear that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. What's the uh, how, how do we get to that masterclass, Steve? Uh, it's called Academy of Search. Academy Academy of Search.com. Okay. We'll put that link. That link is there in the show notes, Start Automation for easy access. Thank you so much, uh, Steve, for sure. Thanks, Dominic. No worries. No worries. And that's going to wrap up this session of the Startup Life. We want to once again thank Steve Weedman for coming on the show. Thank you so much, boss. Thanks, man. No worries. And as always, Startup Nation, if you have an idea, be about that life, the Startup Life. If you want to let us know what you think about the show, have an idea for a show topic, or would like to advertise on a show, send us a message. Our contact information is there in the show notes, or feel free to reach out to us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Go ahead and follow us while you're at it. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podcast One, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, and be sure to hit us with that five-star rating. We would really appreciate that. Be sure to check out the show's website and its startup blog, where either I or some of the world's best business minds share content that will give you the edge you need in your journey, whether that's the path of entrepreneurship or climbing the corporate ladder subscribe to our patreon to listen to ad free episodes exclusive content and digital products that we are beginning to offer and if you want to be part of the conversation join the startup by podcast on clubhouse to have the ability to talk directly to some of our guests and as always startup nation if you have an idea be about that life the startup life